Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Showtime. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman.
Not to be thrown under the bus when you make the announcement to Tom. 
But that's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> I, I, I was, I, Tom, I was kidding. William, you didn't have to confess. Well, that's okay. I want the cast of Jim Lenorski's <laughs> film Bigfoot or Bust. The legendary B movie Scream Queens. They're great. There we go. <laughs> yeah. See, we're family here. We can we can joke that yeah. way. So we are gonna do a show on January fifth. Um that that somebody did say that yes, they'll do the show. Fred Wee! Woohoo! Or Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Cool. You know, you know, if you guys could come up with better material for other people's names, go for it. All right, and then on the ninth, oh my gosh, who is this guy? Uh, January the ninth. You guys put this poor guy on pressure the last time he was on the show, which is the number one show on Blog Talk Radio right now. You guys were like, come back January the ninth, Corey Rock Bottom Davis. What? That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Oh, man, we got to uh, – now, I, I I talked to a few of our, our old coworkers that um didn't catch the show, and they were just like, what I miss, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And the, the ones who did want us to kind of dive a little deeper into our dark history at this <laughs> glorious place. Oh, that we used Remember to work we were at, so uh, we were so hungover and we all had to go back to work. There were times when the sun time? was coming up and we're like sitting outside the old in the back patio and we're like, oh crap, we gotta go back. To oh work. yeah, that time, yeah. I was gonna say, which time are you talking about? Because that happened quite often. Every time. <laughs> that happened at least three times a week. Quick, Tom, get your notebook ready. I think there's going to be some writing ideas coming up. Yeah, maybe it could be. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, we, we, I had some good times with this guy. And yes. there's another time I'm going to talk about when, uh, you know, you, you took the tornado, and I was trying to drive you, and I had to keep making pit stops because you wanted to go to the hospital. Okay, we'll talk about that later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You just got it. <laughs> I, 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 hope you, I hope you do talk about that because I have one to counter that one. So it'll be the perfect oh. checkmate move. <laughs> oh. I'll just say fabulous moolah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, but I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. We'll sa- save that for, for for January. Save it for January. You know what? There we go. You know what? We got January Paul, you think, Paul, so that might fit perfectly. Uh, huh? Yeah, we're, we we got Paul Eubanks on, so this might work perfectly. Paul, we're about to bring you on. And then um, on January the 23rd, we've got Tommy Habib, the creator of the hit TV show Cheaters. And he, Tommy, he beat, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, I might call in for that one. My mom is obsessed with cheaters, so. Uh, this this is the guy that created cheaters, man. 
My mom hooked me on Teeter. She's like, hey, check out Channel 31. And that's when we didn't have a remote control yet. And I had to actually go to UHF and tune in <laughs> Channel 31. And then I had to fix the antenna overhead and everything. And that's the whole story. And yeah, my TV was bulky. She thought it was forensic files, and it turned out to be cheaters. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so hooked on this show. So, yeah, uh, Tommy A.B., he's he's coming on. It, he gave a thumbs up. I already made the show page, so he's written in ink. Um, other announcements, Nicholas Grabowski. Uh, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's, that's you. Me. That's me. Yeah. Um, uh, with Black Bedsheet Books, the sponsor of Francie Friends, um, we just came out with um, Fred Weehy's Fright House, which is available everywhere books are sold. And plus, right. and Fright House is, is, is a great novel. It's gotten great acclaim, Jonathan Mayberry, et cetera. And um, speaking of Fred Weehy, uh, I also put out a special case laminate hardcover version of his original, oh, what was it, 2012 um, uh, original version of uh, Holiday Madness with 13 stories about Christmas and Halloween. And uh, so that that's going to be great. And then I'm sliding into home with these things, but I've got four books coming out before Christmas, which means this week, any time now. Um, uh, Chuck W. Chapman, who wrote Family Man, the Charles Manson untold story that we published, uh, his new book, entirely a work of fiction. Actually, um, it's uh, uh, it was actually filmed as a movie. It was never released, and Chuck told me himself that he, uh, uh, he can't get um, any footage from the producer. It's just kind of, I don't know, buried somewhere, but... Uh, the the book of it is coming out this week, and uh, that is Freak on a Moped, which is basically about a guy who's a freak that's on a moped, and he kills a bunch, of, and the sheriff and uh, everyone's trying to figure out, trying to solve the murders. Very 80s slasher. It's it's incredible, um, it, 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 and I, I dig that kind of stuff. Freak on a Moped. Chuck W. Chapman is coming out this week before Christmas. And also The Ragman by Terry Horns, which is um, based on a book that I came out with in mass market paperback in 1989, back in back in the day when I was all over the, you know, next to Stephen King with my stuff in Halloween 4, the, my novelization, Prey, Serpents, Prey, and everything. If only I could time travel back and uh, walk into a supermarket and right there in the mass market paperback racks before you would, like, start loading up stuff on the conveyor belt to cash out and check out, uh, you would see my book and Stephen King and D.R. Koontz and all the whole nine yards back in the day. Anyway, my good friend and author, Terry Horns uh, kind of resurrected that book, The Ragman, and uh, 
and it is coming out this week too. It it is incredible what he did with it, because you know uh, in interviews in the past when everybody anybody would bring the subject up to me, I would say that that kind of book really needed to be fleshed out. It kind of sucks. So I um, I um, pursued uh, my favorite slasher author that I've published three, four times over, three times over, uh, author of Chop House 1 and 2, and uh, When the Night Darkens the Streets, Terry Horns. He's great. I, I, uh, I hit him up and I said, you know, I have this book that that's uh, part of my past, and can you, like, resurrect it, do what you will with it? That is coming out, and that's amazing, amazing. Also, The Price of Fear, the, the career of Vincent Price, in his own words, uh, back in the early, mid-'90s, uh, when Vincent Price was still alive, he was interviewed by Joel Eisner, the author, and they put this book together. And this guy, Joel Eisner, uh, uh, tried to um, uh, put this book around every single publisher, said, who's Vincent Price? When he came to me with this project, it's like, I can't believe people would actually say, who is Vincent Price? And I picked it up. So it's it's technically co-authored by the great man himself, Vincent Price. And Joel Eisner is the interviewer, and it's an amazing book. And it sold like a ton of copies under Black Bed Sheet uh, since it was published like uh, 2014-ish, something. But um, we are coming out this week with a brand-new hardcover version of that. Also, Raina Young, who we published like uh, about 12, 13 times over over the years with her Monster series. She's coming out through us with an adult book. Um, fairly adult book. It, it, it's very entertaining, slasher girl. So well, I, yeah, I've got a lot on my plate with that. Um, so um, uh, please look us up at um, blackbedsheetbooks.com. Also with my stuff, Halloween Four, The Everborn, Redwood Dirt, and all the whole nine yards. Downwarden.com, and um, um, uh, and just look up these authors. These are the, some of the best authors in the world that are, um, uh, I mean, you know, and they're not like multi-million dollar authors, but they probably will be one day. So, and I'm into publishing independent unsung authors that people should take notice of. So that is my life's goal, and I have been doing it since 2008. As a matter of fact, that's how I met Francie. I was on, on her show talking about my books back in the day and we fell in love i um uh flew to south carolina and brought her back here and and we've made beautiful music together ever since anyway francy yes all right are we ready for the man of the hour Yes, we're ready. We've yes. all been waiting for him, Corey. I you I messaged you last night. You were like, "Yes!" Yes! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's got the golden voice. He's got a beautiful voice. Wouldn't you all say? Yes, absolutely. He is a southern boy in Chicago right now. Mr. Paul, you thanks. Hey, good evening, everybody. Hey. How are you? 
Listen to that voice, wow. man. You're you're and you're yeah, using nice voice, that man. voice. I'm watching. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, just like that. They're... How are we doing tonight, Paul? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you, guys. How are y'all? Pretty good. Yeah. I was yeah, I was listening to the list of books. I was listening to the list of books the gentleman was talking about there, and Vincent Price, and I couldn't believe people didn't know who the hell Vincent Price was. <laughs> it's That's scary to think about it. Right? <laughs> yes. Sacrilegious, yeah, they don't know. He's a god in the horror industry. Uh, yeah, true. yeah. Sorry, very, very folks. Uh, uh, Francie lost. Uh, uh, she dropped out, and she's trying to figure it out. So I gave her my phone. Then she handed it back to me and said that they're talking about you. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. We're we're, we're just uh, talking about the new titles. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. The titles and the Vincent Price situation. Couldn't couldn't believe people don't or know who Vincent Price was. Exactly. Yeah, that that yeah. just amazes me. But uh, generation after generation, you know, I guess, I guess, kind of figures after all this time. Um, but still, still, it, it's funny because I think people know more about Boris Karloff because of Frankenstein than they do Vincent Price. But that that kind right. of like amazes me. Vincent Price did a lot more stuff. I right. agree. I yeah. agree. Very much so. Yeah. Are they audio books or just paperback? No, no, they're they're in print and ebook, but we're trying to work on uh um on audiobooks and uh Vincent the the, the Price of Fear book uh um it, it came close to being an audio book this past year, but then the audiobook people that I signed a contract with kind of it, it didn't happen. So I'm trying to pursue, yeah, other. Well, I would sure be interested in that. I was going to say Nick hears a golden voice. Yeah. And the contacts, uh, well, and the people for you to meet that would love to, you know, make things happen for you. Oh, that Mm -hmm. that would be awesome. Um, Yeah, hit me up on. you know, behind the scenes, like uh, on Facebook and or through Francie, or however you want to. I'm on Facebook too. So I'll, I'll, if we're I'll, not I'll friends sing, on Facebook, I'll, like uh, you know, message me and all that, the whole nine yards. I, I Nick, really... I will send you. I will send you his uh, Facebook page. Okay, oh, please do. That'll okay. be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Voice over work. This is called Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A voice over work. How, I mean. How does it work? um, Is that what you're going to ask me? I want to do it. How does a person get into that? Because I know there's a lot of acting involved in it also. Yes. Uh, if you're doing just a book, of course, you have the script in front of you and you're in the studio and, you know, there's nothing anywhere around. If you're doing a movie or a TV or something animated like that, then, of course, it's going on in front of you where you can somewhat see uh, what the part is, what you're doing, things like that. Okay? So um, 
it's really it's really pretty neat to be honest with you. But a lot of it uh, is somewhat just like doing a commercial or things. You know, I do it in my own studio if I'm at home. Uh, if not, then depending on where I'm at, I find a studio and be able to pump it out and send it off. Is it harder yeah. to do voice acting than it is actual acting? I mean, it seems like if, if you're you're near a microphone, aren't you? And you just kind of got to pretend to be it while the other one you'd be in front of a camera. You'd, you'd be able to, I don't know, it seems like that'd be tougher in some ways. In some ways it is, and in some ways it's not. You know, in front of the camera, you have to give the correct facial expression, the correct look, uh, exactly what the director, producer, mm-hmm. whomever is looking for, okay? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and in behind the microphone just doing voiceovers, um, you know, of course, after you've read it, read it and studied it and questioned and answered and things like that, then, of course, the first thing, uh, they're not looking at your facial expression. So it's how you yeah. want to bring it off. You know, that's the difference. Okay. I got a couple of questions for you. How did you get into wrestling? How did that come about? By mistake. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, to be quite honest with you, um, you know, growing up as a child um, in the South and things, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to do. And um, for whatever reason, you know, the elders in my family, there were people that watched it and different people around, you know, different friends and things like that. And uh, I was a big kid. And I've always been a happy-go-lucky individual, but at the same time, I'm part Irish. I love to fight. Uh, um, yeah, I got that Irish of me, too. So uh, that, that's actually how it came about. You know, I saw a couple people on TV, and I was like, they're making a living fighting? Are you kidding me? I can whip <laughs> their ass in a matter of seconds. You know? And, Surprise. Uh, <laughs> and and, and that, that, that's that's how it kind of all started, and I, I fell into it. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I lied to get into it because you were supposed to be 18, and I started training when I was 15. My first professional match was at 16, so I had oh, to be wow. very careful. Which I had to be at which I had to be very careful about things. Couldn't talk about it in public or things like that, and uh, you know. Of course, I wrestled, uh, you know, under a mask, so nobody knew exactly who I was. But I had to be careful because I couldn't work the bigger shows because I was under 18 because if the athletic commissioners or somebody showed up on ID and things, I had to produce the ID. And they would have found out I was under 18 and all hell would have broke loose. Oh, wow. Well, that's how it all kind of started and, uh, you know, one thing just led to another, and you know that was the deal of working the microphone. And um, you know, I was speaking to a high school friend today, and I, I forgot about this till he said something uh, on the school bus. Even you know, used to uh, I was asked to sing or I was asked to do something, but I would stand up and make a speech. Okay. And he, he told me, he said, you know, I knew when you were standing up on the bus making those speeches, one day you were going to make it. And I told him, and I said, well, I sure as hell can't wait till I make it. Let me just tell you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and we chuckled about it, but I had forgotten about that thing. But one thing, it just led into the other. And, you know, the song with B.B. Uh, King and Eric Clapton, uh, uh, 
Oh, man, what's the song? Hold on, i got to sing it in my head for a second. That's <laughs> right, you had me at Clapton, so. <laughs> Why is it that that always happens? You got me at Clapton. Well, <laughs> um, so do you have any favorite wrestlers? That's, or that's the name of the song, right? Sir? Yeah, did you have any wrestlers that you liked more than others or that you didn't like? or Are you talking about professionally or personally? Uh, personally, I guess. Um, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, you really don't like anybody because the more you beat the hell out of each other, you know, the more <laughs> yeah. you're going to get booked to come yeah. back. Or the more you're going to get booked in a different city to possibly rework them. You know what I mean? Um, um, now, as you get older, as you get older and things like that, and you step away from the ring situation, then it becomes a little bit more, uh, you know, personal and things like that. But in general, no, I didn't like nobody. Hmm, I wasn't cool. paid to like anybody. I wasn't paid to like anybody, you know? There you go. Well, that makes sense. I played sports, yep. and I didn't like my opposition. It could have been well, my grandmother. It's hard to like. I was playing sports that run over like, like anybody else. Right. I mean, you know, it's hard to like somebody after they slap the hell out of you or they're bending your yeah. arm, you know, halfway up to the ceiling behind your, you know, taking your leg and twisting it away. It shouldn't be going, you know? Yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah. That, you know, I, I, I grew up loving wrestling, and, you know, it's true. Uh, you know, how do you guys do that? Like, it hurts. Okay, I'm talking from somebody. Oh, wow, we got callers, Paul. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> hey, hey, Paul, I got one quick question for you. When you're up, right. did anybody ever get sick or crack one off near you that was really bad? Wow, that's when you really know you've uh, hit them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there you go. that's when you know. That's when you. But to answer your question, yes, you'd be surprised. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't. That's why you fight to get out of that hole pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like like the uh, the Jake the Snake when his butt is like right in your face and he's like. I never personally worked Jake, and I'll tell you why. I don't like snakes, and you ain't throwing a damn snake on me. We're gonna have a problem, okay? <laughs> you can do, you can do anything you want. I'm a pretty happy go lucky individual. If it involves a snake, no man, fuck that. <laughs> okay. A follow up to that question was Was there any wrestlers that were particularly disgusting that way? That kind of, or is that a trade secret? <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a secret, period. Um, <laughs> that would you know, some were, some were worse about it than others, but in general, you know, here again, you got to remember you're, you're, you're just almost constantly moving. Okay, and you're already you're already hot and sweaty. Yeah. Oh wow. You know, re- wrestling's a lot of wind sprints. 
Yeah. See, now for a woman talking about a couple of men hot and sweaty, dude, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, you, know, you know, guys, um, uh, uh, sometimes I've seen uh, uh, wrestling matches where uh, the, the uh, one opponent would, like, uh, um, have between their legs the other opponent's head right in their crotch. And it's like, okay, you got to do what you can to, like, you know, wrestle with the other opponent and whatnot. But when it comes to something like that, it's like, oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> Have you ever, like, been through that where where somebody just pressed their your face against their, like, uh, but, uh, private parts? <laughs> it's, like, terrible. Well, not intentionally, but like I said before, that's when you can see definite struggle. It's time to get out of that hole. Quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the, no matter what they do to each other, when it comes to something like that, that's the biggest cringe moment for me. It's like, that's oh, my be a God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I think wrestling is okay. Uh, I love wrestling. Okay, I love it. Oh. I, I, I was a huge. Roddy Roddy Piper, everybody else was putting Kirk Cameron on their all the other my friends were putting Kirk Cameron on their wall. My poster was Rowdy Roddy Piper. Alright, uh we got area code nine oh nine. One after nine oh nine. Nine oh nine. Hello? Okay, go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a friend of uh, Paul's. He asked me to listen in today. You guys have a fantastic show. My name is Peter Estrada. Hola, Peter. I know yeah. that name. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I've been told marvelous, but the women exaggerate, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an actor. I'm a director. I'm a singer. Uh, um, I'm a I teacher. know that. Yeah. I've seen you on Facebook a lot. Oh, there you go. I want to bu- And you oh. are a darling. You are a darling. As soon as you guys started saying sweat and wrestling, you could hear her swoon. Uh, you're a darling. <laughs> <laughs> Me or Paul? <laughs> no, you. <laughs> oh! Well, thank you. And, and Paul, you have a golden voice even when you cuss. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I did, you, Dad. I, I promise we're gonna. I promise we're gonna get together when I come back to Southern California. I promise. I've got some news for you that'll blow your mind. You're you are you uh you of course know Gene Hackman. Yeah. Yep. One of the one of the greatest actors of all time. Yes. He established a professional theater called the Pasadena City Playhouse. And all the donors are from Hollywood. And guess what play they do every year, Paul? It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. Oh, so man, I need you, to be out there for that. Imagine you show up, right? And you know the role like the back of your hand. And, and I know you, Paul. You're a wrestler, yeah. so you'll take the challenge. You'll put that extra energy. And all of these Hollywood people will see you at the audition. They'll see you in the shows. That's all you need, buddy. 
You're right. You're right. You got to be out yeah. of yeah, so, I'm going to be coming out there. We got to work some magic. <laughs> All you guys are great. I love your show. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Thanks for calling. Merry Christmas. Thanks, please. Peter. Yeah. Thanks, no, I'm Merry hang Christmas. Up I, I want to hear. I'm, I'm going to hang out because I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that been a lot. That was nice. That was cool. He's a good guy. He is, yeah. he is really awesome. a good guy, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, he's a real good guy. Hey, Paul, a, a lady yes, friend of sir? mine sent me an original bell. The bell company that made the little bell for the blonde daughter for Jimmy Stewart in the movie, when at the end she says, look, Daddy, teacher says, when a bell rings, an angel gets his wish. An angel wings. gets his wings. Yeah. And he said, that's right, that's right. That a boy, Clarence. That company that made that bell is still in business. And she sent me a replica of it. Oh, my cool. God. I'd love to have one of those. I'll send you a picture of it. It's amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's awesome, actually. That's... Yeah. Now, Franny, I didn't tell you. Um, for a few years, I was cast as Henry Potter in the remake of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, the evil banker of uh, you know the Christmas show. It's a Wonderful Life. It was mm-hmm. in, uh, it was theatrical, uh, theatrical stuff, and it was a radio play that went over uh, Brian the Hammer Jackson's radio show uh, uh, one year. It hit like uh, five and a half million, six million listeners. Yeah, about that. How many times did you do that role? Mm, two, I think. Two, maybe three. Yeah, you you got to come out here, show them your stuff. You're a star I in the love making, that buddy. Role. You know, I'll tell you, I have the, uh, I still have the original hat and you know, my own suit and all of that stuff. You know. Then you should show up with that. You show up in character with the with the outfit and everything, and then they just can't say no. Period. Are you going to roll me in the wheelchair? About. I don't know if you want to go that far, but at least be sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> the chair, That's a nice way to say, hell no, I'm not pushing your fat ass. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> That's, come on. you you got to roll yourself in. For our limitations there. here, please look at the fine print. <laughs> Keep on rolling. Chair there and make them think it's a wheelchair. That's all. You're an actress. There you go. There you go. That's a good I, idea. I've been, I've been teaching for 20 years. I've been in 80 plays. I've directed 10. I've done Shakespeare. Five years of musical theater with people from Broadway. I've done television classes with people from Hollywood. And every day is a gift. Everything, every day is an amazing artistic day. That's why I love Paul. Paul is always in there creating. He's a passionate guy. Mm. You know, that's, that's what all three ex-wives have said. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good word about you. <laughs> See, he's always practicing. He's always practicing. Practice makes perfect, right? Yeah. You know, you know Peter, the one thing I want to do that I haven't done yet, and I want to yeah. do this when I come out to California, 
Yeah. Because I really have a craving, and I want to do stand-up comedy. Corey, you and I, we've been around stand-up comics, and, and uh, we can give you, we can hook you up with some stand-up comics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and I know a few myself. I, I, know, I know a few things. from the comedy store. I know a few from the improv. And, and dad yeah. open mics all over the place, buddy. Yeah, that's what I want to, that's one of the things I want to do. You know, of course, you, me personally, I don't want to start where people know me because I feel like I'm going to get that, um, you know, the hand clapping and people are going to yeah. play it wrong just because they know me. You know what I mean? Right. I yeah, want to be in a crowd where they'll bust your balls and this is the way either you make it or you don't. Carl, I, I, I did stand up for two years and it helped my theater because I was able to be able to adapt and adjust. Right. And I did voices. Right. I did I did accents. I did I did all kinds of old TV shows. It, it's it's great training and and you're right. It's make it or or break it because it's one one bad joke. It doesn't matter if the rest are brilliant. They remember where you screwed it up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. they'd love us then. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, I used to do Rodney Dangerfield on stage on Fantasy Island, and even there he couldn't get respect. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I had a very... I actually have it buried on in my uh, videos on my uh, Facebook page, but um, one year on uh, April Fool's Day, just to kind of help a friend that was going through a tough time, I uh, I crank called Best Buy and I did my voice impersonation of uh, Marvin the Martian. So um, I actually sent the sales clerk out to look for the T thirty eight space modulator. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh. Okay, I do have a I do have a uh, question in the chat room, but I also have another caller eight one three. Sorry, that's wrong. Yeah, I got a I got another caller eight one three. I'm here. I think this I'm is here. one of your exes. I think this is one of your exes, Paul. So you know. I can I can tell by the voice that's my high school sweetheart in prom date. That's what she said in the <laughs> chat room. How are you doing? One of your exes are gonna say alimony's in the mail. That's my ex. Question has to be what made her the ex? That's the question. Yeah. I moved. Oh, okay. Oh. I moved away. The truth is, is she left with my class ring. <laughs> and she moved, she moved away while I still had her class ring, and now neither one of us can find each other's class ring because it's been 40 years or 30 years or however long it's been. 30 plus years. That's a movie right there. Don't make me older than what I am. Beautiful lady took me. I don't know thirty years to finally find her. The other five, I'm still searching. You know. Well, don't worry. It, like it'll be story. around there someplace. 
Yep. <laughs> I don't know as much as both of us move. It's probably cheaper just to go out and buy new rings. I don't. Well, I well, that'll that, um, it'd probably be cheaper to go buy you another one because I don't have it anymore. <laughs> and then you'll find it once you do that. Yeah. <laughs> you'll care to help the fun. This is a show where anything can happen. It usually does. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm, I bet you didn't, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, by the way, guys. By the way, guys, just just to throw it in there for posterity. When I was at the university, I actually wrote a thesis on Vincent Price. Awesome. So cool. that guy did from the, the House of the, Wax days, from the Roger Corman movies, from the Last Man on Earth. I mean, he, he this dude was the king of sci-fi, and uh, and even 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 Doctor Five, those, those were brilliant. Oh yeah. You know, so. Love the Corman films. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's how Nicholson got discovered. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, but tonight we got Paul. We got Paul on the show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a couple of people on hold. You guys can still listen to the show. Um, so, hold on, <laughs> my computer, I got a bad computer. So, Paul, I mean, your career is amazing. Everything that you've done in your career, I mean, you've, you've gone from wrestling and you're doing vo- voiceover, and tell me about Claws. Tell you about what? Claws with Jamie Foxx. Oh, the TV show Claws. Let me tell you, <clears throat> the TV show Claws was a blast to do. The original role I had on it, um, I was in the process or hoping that I would land the role of Uncle Daddy, which was a reoccurring role for all through all episodes through all the uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get it, but... Um, I got to, I played part of the Russian mob. I was a Russian henchman. Okay. Uh, so I worked very closely with Nisi Nash. Okay. And uh, Nisi, I was starstruck. I'm not going to kid you. She's a beautiful lady. Okay. And in one scene, I have a picture of it. I have a picture of it, actually. In one scene, I was opening a door for her to go in and talk to the Russian mob boss, Vlada. And I literally stumbled and just almost fell on her. Okay, and of oh. course we had to cut, we had to cut and step back and redo everything. Okay, and I told her, I said, "Listen, I'm very sorry about that. I stepped on my own pants leg." Okay, and um, but she was so easy to work with, was so nice, not uh, not a problem in any way, shape, or form. Everybody was just. Just, I mean, click along, whether we were out working, you know, uh, the parts that I worked, it was filmed in New Orleans, okay? Um, so the mansions and everything uh, in the Garden District and things were just simply beautiful. And, of course, while you're we on set and things, everybody was just very professional from the time you arrived to the time that you uh, left, you know, you weren't treated as a number or herded in or anything like that. I mean, you know, it really clicked very good. I enjoyed working with those people. I really did. Well, for some reason, cool. with my 
some some reason with my look, I can play pretty much an Irish, Russian, German, any type of mafia-looking guy, okay? And here's the real kicker of things. There's only been one, I think one, maybe two projects in everything I've done that I've used their clothes. All the suits and everything else that I wear are all my clothes, directly out of my closet. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, now, you know, when, when it comes to doing the uh, the acting, um, what what do you think? Uh, what what type of role do you actually get a kick out of doing? And uh, you know, what what are, the some, what are some of your the methods for, uh, for preparing? Methods for preparing: study, 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 yeah. study, study. You know, talk it out, read about it, read it back and forth. Of course, it always helps if you have somebody. Um, you know, just reading the lines back to you. Somebody, um, I worked uh, a couple of my acting teachers. I took private lessons with Lance Nichols, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, another person I worked with real closely that lived very close to me down on the coast, her name was Cher Foley. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, he's a casting director as well, which uh, later helped me get cast in the movie uh, – uh, the count. Uh, oh shoot! Uh, it's right now. It's on Prime Video. I know that the card count. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, uh, Google Movies, and uh, Voodoo. I think is what it is. It's also in theaters. Now that's a Martin Scorsese produced film. Nice. So. Hey, what the hell are you guys doing over there? Why is it so noisy? <laughs> I, well, that's a good question. So, thank you, thank you. Who's who's holding the party? Time. <laughs> All right. But uh, as far as Paul, I got you on the show. Uh, who is the worst wrestler you ever met? That was going to be my question. <laughs> You mean the rudest? Yeah. Hmm. Probably Cowboy Dennis Gale. Oh. Yeah, that would have been around Continental Championship Wrestling uh, days there uh, with the Pullers and the Welches and things like that. I guess I guess more more of those people that the uh, persona doesn't know how to shut itself off. Dennis <laughs> <laughs> to take his boot off and beat the hell out of you. Okay, that's what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> that that would also suck too. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about him. He never took no shit from nobody, you know. He, I mean, if it was a bad day, you know, he'd pop that boot off pretty quick and wear your ass out right over the head. <laughs> wow. Hey, Franny. No, you... Francie. Hmm. You did. 
you ever meet any of the ones like Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, or any of them guys? Well, you see, I started working around Memphis, Tennessee area, okay, uh, which is where I, which is where I grew up at, and uh, or that area. Uh, so all those guys came through the Memphis area, okay. Um, you know, but it, he wasn't Hulk Hogan then. He was just Terry, you know, Balea. Balea. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, you know, when Stone Cold came through, Stone Cold, uh, you know, that whole persona and everything. Um, when, when he was, <clears throat> when he came through, you know, it was Dutch Mantel, Dirty Dutch Mantel. Uh, who later on WWE you would know as the manager of Jack Swagger, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't remember the character's name he played at that particular point, but anyway, he's the one that got him the, stun- the stunning, I think it was stunning Steve Austin, I think is what it was, is what he went from there, okay? Mm. But, uh, you know, all the guys that came through, you know, just like The Undertaker. When The Undertaker came through before he hit it big, you know, it was mean Mark Callis. Yeah, okay. I yeah, yeah, I remember him when he was you know, that, so, yeah. So when everybody, when he came through and so forth, you know, Memphis was a training that you don't go nowhere. You didn't go anywhere in pro wrestling until you until after you went through Memphis. If you went up to the Northwest, you were, you know, with the AWA and Vern Gagne and his group. You know, if you went down to Texas, then you had to be, you know, you were in world-class championship wrestling uh, with Fritz Von Erich. You know, you got down to a, uh, uh, you know, over in the southeast uh, where Francie was talking about and things. You know, you're looking at Jim Crockett Promotions, the old NWA. <laughs> old yeah. Atlantic Championship Wrestling, okay? And, and, you know, I wrestled as part of a team and really, we were used. We weren't the original team. Okay, I wrestled. I wrestled as one of the masked assassins. Okay, and uh, the original guy, uh, Jody Hamilton, just passed away not long ago, and he was the original assassin from the fifties, sixties, seventies. And that's primarily who you remember from the mid-Atlantic days and things like that, you know. Um, but we were we brought in because we looked just like them, okay. Oh and, wow! Uh, nowhere near the talent. Don't get me wrong, okay. Uh, those guys, I mean, you know, Roger Williams, Jody Hamilton, Tom Renfro were the original assassins, and I'm just going to tell you, they worked together. It was smooth. Jody had a great voice, had a great delivery, you know. Don't get me wrong, all three of them guys can hurt you in the blink of an eye. That's probably I, I a full guarantee agree right with there. That. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've heard a lot of things about the wrestling world and you know, you know, there's dark sides and there's plus sides, and you know, what what would you say is the best plus side of that? The best plus side. Yes. The best plus side. You mean other than a paycheck? Um. Oh well, yeah. Like the enjoyment. 
Well, it's just like anything else. You know, as, as crazy as this is going to sound, when you're in front of a group of people, and, uh, you know, I enjoy being a bad guy or enjoy being a bad guy. That, okay, that's I enjoy. That's what everybody says in horror movies, too. I want to be the bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it, you know, when you can take the, uh, the person the crowd loves and you're beating the hell out of them, and the crowd hates you, and they're booing you or whatever, and you have five, ten thousand 10,000 people stand up and are just booing you because you're breathing, <laughs> you know, there's no there, there's no better. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an awesome feeling. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it, you, it, you it have that full attention. Like, you're doing voiceover things and everything. It's like everybody wants to be the bad guy in the movie. Yeah, you're right, going to get right. backlash from the public, but the fact is, is how many people love Michael Myers in this room? I do. I won't say I love him, but he's a fun character. Oh, come well, on. He, he, I, Michael Myers rules. He rules. Yeah, when Michael Myers died and H2O, how many people said, Punch Ripples, he's dead. <laughs> they they well, probably the used a lot more uh, explicit, like, um, um, you know, verbiage. <laughs> okay, Corey, 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 you're with me. You know what I'm talking about. But he'll never die. He'll never die. Exactly. Come on, Corey, you're with me. You know we root for the bad guy. Oh, yeah, you always root for the bad guy. The bad guy is usually like the, the star of every horror movie. You don't go to the movies to see the supporting cast when you go to see uh, Halloween. You go to see Michael Myers, and you go to see him kill people. Yep. In wrestling, the good guys sell the t-shirts and the pictures but so and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the whole guy's going to rip off his shirt and he's going to say, eat your dead, uh, take your vitamins and eat three meals a day and Roddy Piper's going to smash a coconut in your face. <laughs> and bad guys, we sell tickets. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's the perfect balance. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 yeah. it's not only for wrestling. Uh, there's a British woman. You heard her? Paul, did you hear her? <laughs> no, I didn't. It's kind of like the, 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 her. <laughs> you know, you pay attention. No, but also in Survivor, I mean, come on, you're rooting for the bad guy, but yet he wanted them voted off the island. What's wrong with us right. today? Right. Yeah, but I think that, that's just, um, you know, it's, you know it, it's human nature. We want to see how dark can you get, you know, and you know, how, how intimidating can you be, so... My good go- okay. my good guy role, or when I was a good guy, is uh, Project Power with Jamie Foxx in it. Yeah, I play a good guy. I'm the armor. I'm the armored truck driver. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, towards the first in the bank scene, 
Okay. Yep. And uh, you know that's 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 it for the good guy world. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you know, it's a good start. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, it was a lot. Like it was a I lot mean, of fun. Uh, Working you know, with the, Jamie the, was a lot of fun. Oh, I, I, I can imagine. I mean, uh, I, I've heard stories that you know he's equally just as joking around off the camera as he is when whenever he's in front of it. So. Let me tell you how I met him, okay? Okay. Uh, one of the ladies, if you're looking at the back, she's uh, right to my, well, she's on my right side, if he's on the left side of the screen. Her name is Sheila Allen, the black lady, okay? Mm-hmm. And bless her heart, her and I are both diabetics, okay? And this scene takes place where, you know, we're hostages and we're duct taped and we're on the floor, okay? Okay. And, um, Anyway, she was over getting coffee and a little snack before things. You know, I was over there and uh, started. We started singing a gospel song, okay. And all of a sudden, a third voice, a a third voice chimed in, turned around, and it was Jamie Fox. Wow! (laughs) Wow! But there was so much fun. From that point on, you know, you weren't treated, you know, that's what qualified me for the SAG role, the Screen Actors Guild, the union, um, mm-hmm. is that one. You know, that's where I got moved up and I got my own trailer and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, of course, you get different food, too. Let me just say that, too. Um, of course. But it was so much more. It was so much fun working that set and the people that were on it. It really was. It was a good fun time. I laughed all day. The most good. serious yeah, set is when I worked crazy. for John Voight. When I worked for John Voight on the movie 1973, which is a Roe versus Wade deal. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, John Voight's the you know, Supreme, one of the Supreme Court justices, John Schneider, you know, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazards, one of them. And oh, yeah. uh, this is how I met John Boyd. It was a ungodly early hour call, okay, that we had to be there, okay? And I had to drive like an hour, hour and a half to get there. So I had been up pretty much all night. And I was told to bring, you know, three or four different suits and different things to where they could pick which look they wanted me in. So here I am, parked the car, gone across the parking lot, and I've got, you know, my bag with me and everything, a suit bag, and I'm trying to hustle because, you know, time is not exactly, anybody that knows me will tell you, time is not my friend, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I do my best, and no matter if I leave early or not, it seems like I can't be there on time. So I'm hustling through the parking lot. Well, I'm going to take a shortcut through the trailers where I can get over to where wardrobe and makeup and all the stuff is. <laughs> all of a sudden, I looked up. There's somebody walking close to me, and I'm like, well, I want this guy to move. I can tell he's got a cup of coffee in his hand, okay, blue jeans, just a regular denim shirt and things. I'm like, Jesus, get out of the way. What the fuck is the problem? <laughs> well, I looked up, and the problem was John Voigt, okay? <laughs> I was like, and I was like, oh, good morning. How are you? <laughs> and, and if I had thought quick enough, I'd have said something like, hey, 
I think you're okay. I don't care what Brad Pitt's parents say. And I'd have kept going. <laughs> but 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 he came over later in the day, you know, shook my hand and things and said hello to several people and things and uh, and we were talking a real nice guy behind the scenes. Really, really was. Although he fell out of his chair during filming. Didn't think that was real funny. He kind of got pissy about that. Well, That's pretty I mean, awesome sure. because you, you just humanized John Boyd. <laughs> that's I'll be that's you, actually I was, I was a really not, cool story. Because yep. people think of John Boyd and they're thinking that he's way over our heads. But no, I love that story. He's a real good guy, really is. I wish I'd have thought quick enough to make that comment about Brad Pitt's parents doing, you know, just to make him smile. And the other thing is, I'd have stuck in his mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But I didn't think quick yeah, enough. Of course, a lot of people think John Boyd. You think of Anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and here again, that gets back to the snake thing. So we don't need to really hang out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jake's a snake grabber. All right, uh, Blog Talk Radio is about to cut us off uh, again. And I don't want you to get... We need to have them back. I told you, the hour goes by so fast. Yeah. I I, I second it. Uh, If you don't mind, of course, Paul. Yeah, we want to have you back, Paul. No, we could arrange it. We could arrange it, absolutely. Cool, awesome. Oh, so I didn't scare what well, we didn't scare you off. Not even much. Well, I'm glad you came back. Work. We don't know where the hell you went to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been break. I've been listening to the stories. Um I think so, I think uh, you're the only host I've ever been with. I think you're the only host or hostess that I've been with that has just left during the middle of the interview. <laughs> no, I've been here the whole time. Well, my phone did cut off, and I had to call back in quickly. Yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. It's okay, Francie. I understand. You're not the first woman to walk off from me. It's okay. I'm saying, no, no, no. I, I've been with you the whole time. I was listening to your I look story at it like this. You're probably the first one that walked off and left me that I didn't have to buy a ring or a house for. So really, I'm pretty damn lucky, huh? Hey, you know, Nick, Nick put a yeah, ring on it. I'm doing all right on this one so far. We actually had your uh, ex-girlfriend call in. Hey. Mark it in the calendar, December 19th, 2021, Francie Speechless. No, 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 I've been listening to your stories and, you know, I, I get these blonde moments and, you know, I'm a blonde, so I say stupid stuff and... Hey, William, you had a fancy moment last week, so. I, yes, I did. And, and I, even, I even came forward and said that I did, so. Yeah. <laughs> no longer a blonde moment. It's a fancy moment. Wait, wait. Uh, 
Paul? Yes. Your ex-girlfriend's still on. Okay. Eight one three. Your life. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome I'm still back. Here listening to him. Welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, that's almost like a nine hundred. That's like a nine hundred number phone, phone voice, isn't it? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the number on that one, Mister Eubank. Four ninety nine a minute. <laughs> I do believe there's still a spark. Wait, Paul, are you married? No. No, he's not. Neither am I, and we're still very good friends. Well, there you go. Well, we can make a love connection. You know, he's in Chicago. 813, I believe you're in South Carolina. No, no, darling, I'm in Florida. I'm in outside of Tampa, Florida. Florida! Florida! Yeah, she's just a few hours away from me. William's married. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, I want you to know I was triple dog deered and asking that one question. So, you know, What's just that? so you Which know. Which one? About the flatulence in the ring. About the oh, oh, if anybody oh, got oh. sick or farted in the ring. <laughs> you know? People don't realize there is there is a lot of people that actually get sick in the ring because you're breathing so heavy and things, um, and a lot of people lose their breath or something like that, so they'll throw up. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, especially some some of the maneuvers and everything else, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that's just they, a number on you. Is that when they go to commercial break? Well, no, that's to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, you have to admit, though, that nine times out of ten, it's always great to see the timing of it. You know, like, oh, my God, he's falling out of the ring. He's, he's got the chair. And we'll be right back for a word from our sponsors. That's right. Yes, and, and, <laughs> and in fact, uh, uh, Paul, you're, you're on the show. Um, you you were announced. You are announcer for wrestling. Is that yeah, difficult? Wrestling, boxing, UFC. Yeah, uh, I'll football. Much about anything they pay me to. Yeah, is That's it difficult to like get excited and you know, I. Is it difficult to get excited? No, hearing her voice, I got excited. It's really not uh, hard to get excited about watching a match or being around the fight business if you know what's going on things and know the different combinations and what would normally follow, you know? In 2017, okay. I went overseas to do the uh, Muay Thai World Championships. And uh, wow, let me tell you, uh, those guys, and you're watching from every country in the world, you know, go over there and, you know, put up their best fighters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these guys may weigh a buck oh five, sopping wet and just kick your head right off your body. 
Wow. I mean, they're some of the they're just some of the best athletes in the world. Yeah, I I I had a couple of MMA fighters on my show. We had Fernando Rivera, and uh, I'm sitting here thinking like. You know, he's calling me because he's trying to drive down the street, and I got to keep him awake. And I'm like, hello, a guy's going to kick your head in tomorrow. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> fall asleep. I got a question. My, my first and only question um, uh, oh. for this evening Um and I, uh, whenever I talk to a wrestler I, uh, at length, I uh, end up um, asking this same question. But um, uh, what do you think, he does as a wrestler, work. of Andy Kaufman's contribution to wrestling? Oh, oh, yes, that's never been asked. Um. Actually, that's probably one of the greatest gimmicks that ever worked in, in pro wrestling, okay? Um, that put thousands and thousands of people in the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis when him and Lawler did that. Yeah. Um, you know, and of course, they later went on to David Letterman. Lawler slapped Kaufman out of the chair. He's wearing a neck brace, that type stuff. Um, yep. You know, that I put right up there with uh, Dr. D. David Schultz. Slapping uh, uh, John, what is it? John's, uh, what's his name? With ABC News, he asked him if wrestling was fake. John oh. oh. Yeah. That was years ago, oh. but that was in the WWF time. And uh, basically, that retired Dr. D. David Schultz out of the business because after the lawsuits and everything, um, you know. The reporter lost his hearing, had to have dental work done, things like that. And that's just being slapped wow. one time. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I will say I I did meet uh, Flying Brian at a um, Hooters event. <laughs> um, he was Brian, there. Brian Tillman. Yes. Whoa. You know, and I I did walk up to the table. I was like, "Come on, man, wrestling's fake." And he's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" So my my disabled elbow is fake. <laughs> and he was showing me all. It's it it it's probably fake for television. And I'm not saying it is or it is not. I still believe in Santa Claus, and I still believe in wrestling. But you guys do take a beating. And, and you know, and he's after, saying, after oh, three, oh, after is three this hip replacements, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Three hip replacements. Wow. I mean, you're getting slammed into, uh, like, still still chairs going up to the rink and you're getting hit by chairs. I mean, getting ah! slammed on that, get, getting slammed in the ring hurts on it. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I, it, love it, the, I love the fight. I love the fight and all that kind of stuff, but ask that young lady on there, ask her how I am in person as far as a gentle nature person or if I'm a dick. 
Well, don't say big. He's a big so, teddy bear. Know, He's hey, a big teddy hey, bear. Hey, girl. How's your He's little... He's a big teddy bear. <laughs> He's nothing but a big old teddy bear. <laughs> you know, there's... Or, or, as we always like to say, the the pure southern gentleman. Yes, he is. <laughs> Until you stack him in that's the corner. So, that's so cute. We're talking about masculine things, and he's like, hey, you know, you guys can get reunited. 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 <laughs> you know, so he don't have time well, you to never know. Yeah, we got the singing voice for Silent Stars. Oh, but reunited and it feels so good. You know, for what it's worth, my two cents about wrestling is I was growing up, uh, I, I, I'd never been into sports as much as like movies, and I, I'm a movie geek, really. But a lot of my best friends, they, they would like... Uh, and even Francie, you know, uh, tuned in to all the olden I'm days, the glory days of, of wrestling and everything, when other people like me were going, oh, that's all fake. But over the years, I've realized that, okay, let's, like, take the word fake away, and let's say it's scripted and they're athletes. There it's you go. meshed. It's a because Corey, there's there's you guys Corey, are evidently athletes, but it's scripted and blah 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 too. But you and you go through all kinds of hurt during it. Sometimes it's fake and sometimes it's just you know goes south. Uh, and, and it's all the whole nature of it. So it's kind of like a mesh, and it's all called entertainment, like athlete entertainment. It ain't the Olympics. But uh, it's it's entertainment with athletes going into peril, and and uh, with their own personas, and you know whatever they tell you to do, or you know, basically well, not, that. Not that's that's, that's what I've come to learn over many it's years. One of those situations. Sometimes it's one of those situations where hey, best man wins. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not everything is not everything is scripted or anything. Of course, you know today's. Um, Wrestling shows are different than what they were twenty years ago. 20 I years would ago. agree with so, that because uh, I do know that you guys like there was blood <laughs> and it was real. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that there, you guys sacrificed a lot for. The blood and it... no, there, there were wrestlers over the years on live television that actually were killed uh, right mm-hmm. there. Yes. So you know, yeah. there's well, it's Hart not like them. all just fun and games. Yeah. It's oh, all like yeah. put together the just so. Oh, I mean, you know, he, there's a real part. Yeah, to it. That's Hart what I've... was uh, he he died. Um, yeah, they were bringing him out on a cable. Dropping from the ceiling, yeah. and that was live yeah. on television, and they couldn't, yeah, that was you know, show it. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. was that was horrible. You have a lot of people, so a lot what, of guys die from heart attacks and things, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have Corey, to have a, I know you're there. You have to be able Corey. to have a good cardio level. Yeah, I'm here. 
What do you think about wrestling today and back when? Because you and I are the same age. Oh, my gosh, we're old. <laughs> I'm older than you are. <laughs> that's what I'm well, sitting here thinking. I think wrestling today. I'm staying quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm old. That's, that's the problem is we got to be quiet. <laughs> what what do you no, think, Corey? I mean, wrestling today, back then, and you know, Ric Flair, he punched his head to make himself bleed. It's like what? Yeah. Why would you do that? I mean, today I think it's more of a spectacle than it's about more more of a spectacle than it is about showmanship. You know, I mean, you think they both go hand in hand, but they, I mean, just over the years, we see that that's not the same. Like, Chumpkin is like coming out and making people want to come back and see your match. The spectacle now is just for the flash and just, you know, the overall look of everything. You want everything to look bigger than what it actually was. I just in like, some bingo hall or one of those like, you know, tiny little gymnasiums where uh, wrestling was pretty much birth. You know, like that's where it it pretty much started is in those small venues. And I'd rather watch that than to be like in a giant arena full of people and the pyrotechnics and all that stuff. You know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm good with like the smaller matches because that's what I grew up on. You know, I grew up on Ric Flair and and uh, well, the Briscoe. Used to, used to, you know, for every hole there's a counter hole. Right. Okay. And you had to know those in order to work. Right. And in nowadays pro wrestling, you know, they work out and they do different things, but it a lot of it is more showmanship. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Than it is, yeah, than it is it being is. able to, to to know the whole. You know, you have to be able to tell a story, right? You know, without saying anything. Exactly. Would you say wrestling now is more of a soap opera than it was back in the day? I mean, yeah. come on, WrestleMania three. Okay, Bruce the Barber Beefcake, uh, they they surrendered the, you know, Greg the Hammer Valentine, they flipped them off, and then Roddy Piper, Adrian Adonis, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, which was just Brutus Beefcake, came in and he revived Roddy Piper and Roddy Piper's going to say, yeah, yeah. And he put the sleeper hold on Adrian Adonis and 900,000 people cheered for Brutus the Beefcake. I tell you guys, Francie knows her wrestling. Like I said, and, uh, all my friends, they had Kirk Cameron on their walls, and I had Roddy Piper on my walls. I had Farrah Fawcett. Goodness, we have more of a choice between those two. I love you. Or wrestling. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
You you do got a big nose because I see it in my glasses now. <laughs> oh, I don't mean to be rude, people, but I got to cut out. I got an early morning, so. Nice yes, talking to you, Paul. Tom, to you back. Oh, Tom, why are you still Very here? Nice you talking were... to you. Okay. Well, I had so much fun, I had to stay. You know. You know. Well, we're glad you did. Tom, love you. Before you say goodbye, I yeah. say I love you. Back at you. Back at you all. all right. Good show. Thank you, Tom. All right. Good night. Talk to you when. Good night, Tom. I, I, Tom yeah, Sawyer, for those who don't know, he's one of my authors, too. I think I published about, like, what, seven or eight books of his since, uh, well, ten years ago. So, yeah, <laughs> he's really cool. William, you're you're really cool, too. I've never published you, you Titanic well, person, you. Well, not you yet, but I mean, no, we're, we, we, we do have New Year coming around the corner. <laughs> this is true. Yep. That's true. That is true. Okay, uh, uh, the British woman is about to cut us off. <laughs> so are those damn Brits. I know. The Black Talk Radio is in New Jersey. Paul, I will tell you, we were number one on live stream. Well, I hope we were able to keep that place tonight. Well, <laughs> we're gonna, we're still number one, I just checked. I think so. It's been a very interesting show, and you know, uh, just the same way as other some other times when Francie has a guest on her show, and I say who, I've never heard of you in my entire life, and as in the past, Francie's introduced me to uh, uh, to uh, I I, like I've, I've never been deep into wrestling like Francie has been. And so she introduces me to these new, like, people that uh, I I become genuinely new interested in after the fact. So it, it was a great show, and it was very interesting to hear everything that you had to say and with the callers. Appreciate it. I've enjoyed it a lot, folks. I really have. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you know it's, been, it's been great learning all, all these uh you know, new things as well too. So, uh, you know, and and Paul definitely, you know, keep, keep up the great work both you know within the ring and even uh, even on film. Thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Yeah. So, Paul, would you call in and say um, Merry Christmas on the twenty second? You know, for you guys, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> cool. yeah. we, 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 we talked about that before the show, and he's like, ah, let me see how the show goes. And yay. <laughs> awesome sauce. You'll have to remind no. me of the time. You'll have to remind me of the time because no, depending no, on where I'm at. I think it's oh, it's Wednesday, so if it's same bat time, same bat channel. Yep. Uh, but it's Wednesday, sure is. isn't it, Francie? <laughs> yeah, but there's no sauce involved. <laughs> Just the awesome. Yeah, Aaron D. Johnston has got, yeah. Awesome sauce. Yep. No. 
Here we go. Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.